Section 134 of Complete Original Short Stories of Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio. Section 134. At Sea. The following paragraphs recently appeared in the papers. Boulogne-sur-Mer, January 22nd. Our correspondent writes, A fearful accident has thrown our seafaring population, which has suffered so much in the last two years, into the greatest consternation. The fishing smack commanded by Captain Javel on entering the harbor was wrecked on the rocks of the harbor breakwater. In spite of the efforts of the lifeboat and the shooting of lifelines from the shore, four sailors and the cabin boy were lost. The rough weather continues. Fresh disasters are anticipated. Who is this Captain Javel? Is he the brother of the one-armed man? If the poor man tossed about in the waves, and dead, perhaps, beneath his wrecked boat, is the one I am thinking of, he took part, just eighteen years ago, in another tragedy, terrible and simple as are all these fearful tragedies of the sea. Javel, senior, was then master of a trawling smack. The trawling smack is the ideal fishing boat, so solidly built that it fears no weather, with a round bottom, tossed about unceasingly on the waves like a cork, always on top, always thrashed by the harsh salt winds of the English Channel, it ploughs the sea unweariedly with bellying sail, dragging along at its side a huge trawling net, which scores the depths of the ocean, and detaches and gathers in all the animals asleep on the rocks, the flat fish glued to the sand, the heavy crabs with their curved claws, and the lobsters with their pointed mustaches. When the breeze is fresh and the sea choppy, the boat starts in to trawl. The net is fastened all along to a big log of wood clamped with iron and is let down by two ropes on pulleys at either end of the boat. And the boat, driven by the wind and the tide, draws along this apparatus which ransacks and plunders the depths of the sea. Javel had on board his younger brother, four sailors, and a cabin boy. He had set sail from Boulogne on a beautiful day to go trawling. But presently a wind sprang up, and a hurricane obliged the smack to run to shore. She gained the English coast, but high sea broke against the rocks and dashed on the beach, making it impossible to go into port, filling all the harbor entrances with foam and noise and danger. The smack started off again, riding on the waves, tossed, shaken, dripping, buffeted by masses of water, but game in spite of everything, accustomed to this boisterous weather, which sometimes kept it roving between the two neighboring countries without it being able to make port in either. At last the hurricane calmed down, just as they were in the open, and although the sea was still high, the captain gave orders to cast the net. So it was lifted overboard, and two men in the bows and two in the stern began to unwind the ropes that held it. It suddenly touched bottom, but a big wave made the boat heel, and Javel Jr., who was in the bows directing the lowering of the net, staggered, and his arm was caught in the rope which the shock had slipped from the pulley for an instant. He made a desperate effort to raise the rope with the other hand, but the net was down, and the taut rope did not give. The man cried out in agony. They all ran to his aid. His brother left the rudder. They all seized the rope, trying to free the arm it was bruising, but in vain. "'We must cut it,' said a sailor, and he took from his pocket a big knife, which, with two strokes, could save young Javel's arm. But if the rope were cut, the trawling net would be lost, and this net was worth money, a great deal of money, fifteen hundred francs, and it belonged to Javel Sr., who was tenacious of his property. "'No, do not cut. Wait, I will luff,' he cried, in great distress." and he ran to the helm and turned the rudder, but the boat scarcely obeyed it, being impeded by the net which kept it from going forward, and prevented also by the force of the tide and the wind. Javel, Jr., had sunk on his knees, his teeth clenched, his eyes haggard. He did not utter a word. His brother came back to him in dread of the sailor's knife. "'Wait, wait,' he said. "'We will let down the anchor.' They cast anchor, and then began to turn the capstan to loosen the moorings of the net." They loosened them at length and disengaged the imprisoned arm in its bloody woolen sleeve. Young Javel seemed like an idiot. 
they took off his jersey and saw a horrible sight a mass of flesh from which the blood spurted as if from a pump then the young man looked at his arm and muttered futu done for then as the blood was making a pool on the deck of the boat one of the sailors cried he will bleed to death we must bind the vein so they took a cord a thick brown tarry cord and twisting it around the arm above the wound tightened it with all their might the blood ceased to spurt by slow degrees and presently stopped altogether young javel rose his arm hanging at his side he took hold of it with the other hand raised it turned it over shook it it was all mashed the bones broken the muscles alone holding it together he looked at it sadly reflectively then he sat down on a folded sail and his comrades advised him to keep wetting the arm constantly to prevent it from mortifying they placed a pail of water beside him and every few minutes he dipped a glass into it and bathed the frightful wound letting the clear water trickle on to it you would be better in the cabin said his brother he went down but came up again in an hour not caring to be alone and besides he preferred the fresh air he sat down again on his sail and began to bathe his arm they made a good haul the broad fish with their white bellies lay beside him quivering in the throes of death he looked at them as he continued to bathe his crushed flesh as they were about to return to boulogne the wind sprang up anew and the little boat resumed its mad course bounding and tumbling about shaking up the poor wounded man night came on the sea ran high until dawn as the sun rose the english coast was again visible but as the weather had abated a little they turned back toward the french coast tacking as they went towards evening javel jr called his comrades and showed them some black spots all the horrible tokens of mortification in the portion of the arm below the broken bones the sailors examined it giving their opinion that might be black thought one he should put water on it said another they brought some salt water and poured it on the wound the injured man became livid ground his teeth and writhed a little but did not exclaim then as soon as the smarting had abated he said to his brother give me your knife the brother handed it to him hold my arm up quite straight and pull it they did as he asked them then he began to cut off his arm he cut gently carefully severing all the tendons with this blade that was sharp as a razor and presently there was only a stump left he gave a deep sigh and said it had to be done it was done for he seemed relieved and breathed loud then he again began to pour water on the stump of the arm that remained the sea was still rough and they could not make the shore when the day broke javel jr took the severed portion of his arm and examined it for a long time gangrene had set in his comrades also examined it and handed it from one to the other feeling it turning it over and sniffing it you must throw that into the sea at once said his brother but javel jr got angry oh no oh no i don't want to it belongs to me does it not as it is my arm and he took and placed it between his feet it will putrefy just the same said the older brother then an idea came to the injured man in order to preserve the fish when the boat was long at sea they packed it in salt in barrels he asked why can i not put it in pickle why that's a fact exclaimed the others they emptied one of the barrels which was full from the hall of the last few days and right at the bottom of the barrel they laid the detached arm they covered it with salt and then put back the fish one by one one of the sailors said by way of joke i hope we do not sell it at auction and everyone laughed except the two javels the wind was still boisterous they tacked within sight of boulogne until the following morning at ten o'clock young javel continued to bathe his wound from time to time he rose and walked from one end to the other of the boat his brother who was at the tiller followed him with glances and shook his head at last they ran into harbor the doctor examined the wound and pronounced it to be in good condition he dressed it properly and ordered the patient to rest but javel would not go back to bed until he got back his severed arm and he returned at once to the dock to look for the barrel which he had marked with a cross it was emptied before him and he seized the arm which was well preserved in the pickle had shrunk and was freshened 
He wrapped it up in a towel he had brought for this purpose and took it home. His wife and children looked for a long time at this fragment of their father, feeling the fingers and removing the grains of salt that were under the nails. Then they sent for a carpenter to make a little coffin. The next day, the entire crew of the trawling smack followed the funeral with the detached arm. The two brothers, side by side, led the procession. The parish beetle carried the corpse under his arm. Javel Jr. gave up the sea. He obtained a small position on the dock, and when he subsequently talked about his accident, he would say confidentially to his auditors, "'If my brother had been willing to cut away the net, I should still have my arm, that is sure.' But he was thinking only of his property. End of section 134. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio.